Welcome to Primetime Insights, where we inspire conscious growth. And we're three dudes, and I am Steph. We also have Kim. And I'm Emil. And we are bringing you exciting topics that has to do with anything and everything in life. Uh, we're going to dive into another episode. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to Primetime Insights. We got another episode for you guys. Early, early morning recording here with the boys. Just gonna say Showtime Primetime every time. Mm. <laughs> That's the intro. We actually have a guest. That's why I said boys. Um, Emil is still not back with us, but we have another guest today who is Christopher Forcell. Yo, yo, yo. And he is a professional footballer, so it's kind of gonna be like a interview format and uh, just a little bit of background to this guy. Um, he's grown up with us and uh, played in the same organization since we were young. Uh, he's one year younger than us. He's been all over the world, traveling, playing uh, football and uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, living the good life. Huh? Living the good life, <laughs> seeing tumbleweeds on the, on the streets, <laughs> coyotes. <laughs> all, all the weird stuff that you encounter when you uh, cross borders. But um, yeah, we're here today. Um, do you want to tell them a little bit about yourself? Uh, I thought the introduction was good though. Like, I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know what to add. Uh, no, but I'm Christopher Purcell, as you said, uh, 24 years old, so I'm one year younger than you guys. <laughs> that going for me. And uh, yeah, I, I play professional, I want to say soccer, because he has came back from the US. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, I play professional football uh, here in Sweden. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, you just came back from the U.S. Well, yes, came back from the U.S. I came in last night after like a third, no, not 30-hour flight. It was more like 27 or something with two layovers. So Still pretty long, though. <laughs> I'm kind of tired and jet-lagged all at once. But, yeah, it's good to be up in the morning. Hence, hence the early morning recording then. Yeah. Because you're pretty jet-lagged, so we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bang. Um, but yeah, well, what happened in the U.S.? How was your time there? What happened now? It was it was crazy. Yeah, so I got invited for a invite trial that they had in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And mm. uh, they're starting up a new team in the U.S.L., which is the second highest league over there, uh, mm. below the MLS. And um, <clears throat> so they, their inaugural season will be next year. They're gonna start in March. So they've already signed like six to ten players, I think, and then they had around twenty of us uh, from all over the wor world, mostly from the U.S. or players that have players that have played in college or in U the U.S.L. last year, invited for this invite trial uh, for a couple of days. So that that was good. Uh, as I said, I just came back yesterday. I had a great time. Uh, got good feedback from the coaches, and I'm I'm basically still waiting for an answer on what's gonna happen but from what I performed and what they told me after the last day uh, things feel good so we'll see I'm just gonna cross my fingers and hope for the best got you got you um, how would you feel if the opportunity would come to move to the US and stuff like that and play for this team for example like would that be like something you would want to do or yeah I would jump on it because I've been to the US twice now um, I've been there three times actually, but twice has been for soccer. Mm. Uh, I was there last summer, no, last year uh, during the summer with the LA Galaxy. Yeah, it was kind of a similar thing. They invited me over for for a week, and that was crazy. The whole experience with the facilities and just how professional they are and how much they put into sports. 
I know soccer isn't the or football isn't the biggest sport over there, but it's it's still crazy how much energy and time and professionalism that they put into it. And uh, I saw the same thing again here in when I was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, uh, which I loved because they just started up like they don't even have a full roster put together, but everything around like the organization. I met the president of the team, uh, head and assistant coach, obviously. And yes, everything around it is so professional. So I would love to go there. I think it would be a, a good next step for my career. Yeah, definitely. Plus, I love the lifestyle. Yeah. I love the lifestyle. Even though <clears throat> Albuquerque and New Mexico is like, it's a really poor area, but it's, it's still cool though. I love the culture. Like obviously people like us in, in Sweden, we grew up watching American movies and mm. TV shows and most of our idols are from there. So it's it was just a cool experience and I would love to be a part of, of a country like that. That's really good. You, <clears throat> if you get a, get the opportunity to do that, man, like I, I'd say just jump on it. Hey, yeah. because for, from where you are right now in your career and stuff and what you've been doing in Sweden, like. I feel like, like you said as well, with the lifestyle, there's more factors than just the football or soccer. Um, and uh, yeah, man, like, fuck, it's it's definitely a step up for you if you get that. Yeah. So I would say jump on it. But you mentioned idols, so I was just, uh, I'm going to track things back a little bit. When I say um, idols, I don't mean like necessarily in sports. No, 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 I get you. But like, oh, okay. you mean like athletes and stuff. But what I want to get into is like, when you were younger and stuff, did you have any like idols or like models of inspiration that you kind of like look up to? Yeah, yeah. So I, I had many. And like you said, it can be in any field. Like it doesn't have to be soccer. Yeah. But. So growing up, I loved Ronaldo, the Brazilian one. Mm. And I loved Ronaldinho, Rubinho, like most of my idols when it comes to football or sports were from brazil mm. um yeah i love those guys i actually have a funny story about ronaldo so the brazilian one yeah. so when i was younger my mom uh, bought me a <clears throat> brazil shirt with ronaldo on it on the on the back of the of the shirt yeah and i loved him so much like to the extent that i had that shirt under my own jersey yeah for every game that I played for like four years, maybe <laughs> until like I grew out of it, and I don't, I don't, I don't remember a single game wearing that jersey that I didn't score, because wow. there were games that I didn't have it on because it was dirty or whatever, and I would go goalless. But when I had that on, I always scored, so it became like a a totem for me, like a thing for me. Yeah, this and habit. Like when I grew out of it. Uh, I replaced it by having a Theory jersey. Oh, right. I still score, but not as much. So I just skipped the whole thing. But yeah. <laughs> then you're funny, like, oh. Yeah, that was a funny story. But yeah, Brazilian players, I love them. Uh, right now, I look up to Neymar. I've uh, followed his career since he was in, playing for Santos. And yeah. Uh, but outside of sports, it's like uh, I look up to Tupac because. I love his music. He had like very insightful stuff to say, and I mean, I got a lot of idols. Even even people that aren't necessarily famous, like mm. uh, my older brothers, uh, cousins, even like teachers, and yeah, people that have been like influential for you. Maybe. Exactly, yeah, That's people not... that I grew up with. Mm. That's interesting, man. That's awesome. Um, and even like 
you know, at this time when you were <clears throat> wearing this jersey and stuff, Ronaldo and and all that, like, where were you at then? How how old were you? Like, what was the so this was, was that when, when you played in Roxville with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what, that was when like I first started playing. So I started playing in teams when I was nine years old in two thousand three. Mm. Uh, I've always played like football, but on more on the streets or with my brother, yes, at the nearest pitch or whatever. But I started playing for a team when I was nine, and the thing with the jersey started maybe when I was ten or eleven, and I think it kept going until I was maybe like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> so that 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 went on for a while. I actually think I have the jersey somewhere, like in the basement or whatever. But yeah, I'll I'll save that for my memorabilia. Definitely, <laughs> man. But you should you should keep that, and then yeah, you should yeah. frame it like just to remember a story like that. I feel yeah. like that's so. That powerful. shirt has like, it has some kind of record, like yeah. Because I don't know how many goals I've scored in it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have boots like that too? Where you like? I actually especially have my, attached to them. Yeah, I have that. I have my first pairs of soccer shoes or uh, football shoes hanging on the wall in my room. Uh. And I actually got those when I was like five, cause I, uh, I started playing like when I was nine. I actually started when I was five, but I only did it for like a month, cause I couldn't go to practice cause of cause of my mom's and dad's work. Like they couldn't take me to practice. Right. So I had to quit. Uh, when you were five. When I when I was five, so I yeah. played for like a month or whatever. Yeah. So those shoes I still have them like hanging on my wall. Man, and, that's amazing. Yeah, cause most of my other shoes, I like given away or sent to charity or something mm. and most of them like they i can't have them for longer than a month mm. then they start like they break yeah yeah a month a month really i remember in i don't know the year but it could have been like 2010 or something yeah. where for only like a period of like two months during the summer i played through like five pairs of shoes that's wow. insane. Yeah. That's crazy. Are you That's expensive. Holes, <laughs> you have holes in them, or yeah. like the studs just fall off, or hmm. yeah, I've yeah, I've breaking shoes in all kind of ways. Yeah, That's I remember your vapors, this like yeah. you, you were like you love those green vapors. You still have them. Yeah. <laughs> you're like taping them, taping them. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, nah, th that's what I'm saying. Like with the shoes and stuff, but like I, I got such an uh, like an attachment to them that I. Like when they would go bad and stuff, they got holes in them. I would like tape them and like glue them together. And like <laughs> I even bought like two pairs of one shoe. And then I'd, I, one time I remember I used this one pair, right? Like the whole time. And they, they got like ripped and shit. And then all of a sudden I came into training with a new pair. They're like, what the fuck? Like, how, how did you get your shoes that clean? I'm like, oh, I just cleaned them up and stuff. But the truth behind that story is that you had two pairs. I had two pairs, but I accidentally <laughs> bought it because I was a kid. You know where you go in Pro Direct. Yeah, yeah. And then I double clicked the thing, oh, like okay. add to your cart or whatever. Like, and I go so expensive. <laughs> exactly. Why is it so expensive? My my stepdad he bought it. He was like, uh, "Am I really gonna pay this much for shoes?" <laughs> and it was two pairs. Yeah. And it was like, it was man. At that time, it was a mm. lot of money. It's like two hundred fifty pounds. I th like, I still think well, it's expensive. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fortunate, like, at this age or at this point, we get shoes for free. So. Yeah. How does that work? Do you get that from... You get them from the, the team. From the team? Yeah, yeah, mostly. But, I mean, I remember when I was playing for Aqua when I was younger. Mm. And we, so we were sponsored by Adidas. And mm. I hate Adidas. Like, 
They have nice clothes <laughs> and like, yeah. but I can't play in those cleats. <laughs> it's because uh, I'm more of a Nike guy. Like I grew up playing in Wapers. Yeah, I know. I still do. <laughs> I had a period where I played in the Hyper Venoms, mm. but yeah, I'm back with the Wapers now. So, mm. in in uh, Aqua, they gave us like three or four pairs a season, and if a pair broke, like you could just give them back and you get a new pair. Wow. So. I actually took out like three or four pairs of shoes and gave them away to friends because mm-hmm. I couldn't play in them. And I just kept playing in my, my Nikes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got in trouble like once for doing that because we were playing a derby game against Hammarby and like those big games. <clears throat> and you'll have the like representatives from uh, Nike and Adidas coming to watch the game. Right. So imagine they're giving every player four pairs of shoes every season and then you have someone still playing in nikes like that doesn't go hand in hand and i i actually had like pink wapers so it was super obvious <laughs> so, so was I was, guy. yeah i was put on the bench because because <laughs> of that reason and then the game after that was like okay shit I, I can't keep doing this so i just got like a pair of copa mundials mm-hmm. and classic yeah yeah i got them I, classic I, <laughs> they're kind of they're good until yeah. it rains because yeah. yeah, then they become like three sizes too big yeah. i i don't like i i i don't know i had them for a while but man like the vapors the way they sit around your foot and mm-hmm. stuff like they're just and oh, they look man, man there's something about them they're looking just good as well yeah because they, <laughs> they, they look like a sports you, car right right it's like ferrari talking about cleat is always like as talking about like cars but Football, it's defense yeah. shoes, Copa Mondiales. Yeah, defender shoes. Yeah, defender yeah. shoes. It's like vintage central defender mm. breaking legs. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. me here. Like, and I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, yeah. at, that, at that time, I was playing as a winger. Yeah. I'm like, well, this doesn't really fit me. Like, okay, what's the option? <laughs> I have this thing where I feel like I play better when my shoes stick out. Like, I don't know what it is. No, if you have like a certain color. Or, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. if it's like, if it's very bright and stuff, then I play better. Like I can't play with black shoes. Cause like when I'm looking down, if I look down and I see my shoes, I like, it's almost like something in my mind, like twitches. I'm like, ah, I don't like it. But if it's like, <laughs> I remember when I had like, like, like purple ASICs or like neon and stuff like for futsal, like, oh man, I scored so many goals in those. And I, I remember thinking that like, I can't, and then I had black shoes. At times and i was I, I thought about like when i was playing like i have shoes that are black on i don't like it like i don't know what it is it's <laughs> something about it. it's bugs you it like. sounds so weird but i couldn't play as well like yeah i was i was also like that for a while but then i tried on having like all black shoes with even the logo black hmm. and that just felt super nice because you feel like a ninja um. like it's crazy so i i would actually say that at this point i prefer to have all black or all white shoes white because it's just clean yeah and black because it feels like you're like undercover i don't know yeah <laughs> undercover <laughs> yeah. Just, like, in nobody sees me that's so cool um but yeah we want to track it back a little bit more um to your youth i guess yeah and the time where you like played where you started playing you said you were five but you could only play for a month with the team. Yeah. What happened in those years? Do you remember like between five and nine where you were kind of like 
so from the point that I had to stop playing for the team because of uh, the situation at home, my mom and dad couldn't take me to practice because of work. And my, my brother was only like a couple years older, so he like he couldn't really take me. Mm-hmm. So from that point until I turned nine, which was when I started playing again, uh, I don't see it as me stop playing because I was always out. Yeah. Like I, I would still be playing every day, no matter the weather. Like summer, winter, fall, spring, it, it didn't really matter. Uh, I was always out, but then it was mostly with my brother or like some guys that went to the same class as me. And we would do like all different kinds of stuff that you do when you're young, like shooting free kicks or just juggling, trying to get a new like juggling record. And uh, there was even like a lot of times where I just took the ball and went out myself. Yeah. And just, I don't know what I did, but I practiced for like three, four hours until mom like came out and was like, hey, you need to eat. I need to train. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? So, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but then I started playing for for a team, same team as you guys, but obviously I'm one year younger, so we weren't in the same team at the beginning. Um, and I just loved it. Because then, like, that competitive competitiveness just gets into it, and, like, you get the feeling of winning games and being part of a group and... Uh, like you can learn from obviously you're going to learn from the coach but then you can also learn from your teammates and you just feed off each other which uh, is a part that I love I loved scoring goals I loved setting up goals uh, I loved winning like that's yeah in life I just love winning in general especially in sports so <laughs> that, that was that was a big like big thing for me which only grew my love for the game even more Um the competitive outlet the competitive just just everything about winning Mm. um yeah that was that was the deal breaker for me i I think i would still like kept playing yeah uh, but just like the feeling of winning games and winning tournaments and beating like other teams and stuff like that it's 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 good for your ego when you're young i think yeah good for your self-esteem I feel like um, sports can be that that outlet for you, you know, like so many other or so many people choose other other things. But in within like the context of a team sport, there's so many lessons, there's yeah, so yeah. many like things that are applicable to, you know, any like future work that you do or something. You know, you, you're part of a group. Um, you have to like learn how to communicate with other people, how other personalities work and like how to kind of navigate through that. You know, you have a common goal as a team that you have to strive for, but you still have to keep your individuality within it. Like you have to be selfless, but also selfish. There's so many things just in like that little area of life, like the sports sports thing that, that you can learn so much from. Like it's, I think it's amazing. And it's actually like, I don't want to get in too much to the facts and stuff, but you know, the amount of kids that are actually like away from that and even um, not not don't don't have that outlet or that 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 um, that place where they can learn and where they can challenge themselves within a group, you know. Um, now nowadays people are more so like gaming or you know choosing other outlets, just being like a, this big epidemic of like loneliness and stuff. And I'm kind of wondering for you, like, what's been your experience growing up within that sport? Like, what were like the main lessons that you got from being part of a team? And 
there's a lot of lessons like it's hard to just mention all of them but the biggest ones would be that you would learn how to work in a group and how to respect others because obviously everyone is different mm. and, and that was also like the fact in our in the team that we played for it like we have people coming from all around the world and parents from all different backgrounds and whatever so like you get to learn about being in a part in a group like that you get to learn about other cultures and what other people think like how to work with one another and i would say like respect because i think that obviously my mom and dad raised me but i think that sports raised me even to a bigger like degree yeah and my coach as well like you get a you, you just learn a lot of things how life works and it might sound weird that you would learn how life works in sports but I think sports is a great reflection of society and uh, yeah uh, so I would say the biggest the biggest lesson is how to even like how to take care of people because mm-hmm. uh, there might be times where like a teammate is down because like let's say he dropped a ball and that that ended up uh, being the, the like you the lost, the, you, you, you lost the game because someone made a mistake yeah. yeah and then you can't like walk around and be pissed at him or her like obviously you will be but then you need to lift that person up because yeah. you're a team and like you might lose one game but that's not the end goal like the uh, <clears throat> the main focus is to win the league mm. or like even yeah you have more goals so that's just a, a step along the way so and uh, that's also one thing that you that you learn playing playing sports but you get a lot of a lot of stuff that you learn all the time like even even at this age i'm 24 now i've been playing for i don't know how many years but i still keep learning new stuff so do you kind of look at it as that as well like football being kind of like that teacher and like that because obviously i I guess for you you know you've played for so long you've had it as a as a theme in your life for so long um that it's like this like almost like a comfort zone a steady navigator that like kind of like well teaches you things in different ways you know like you're obviously with a lot of different clubs and stuff and i can imagine that you know like where you are now the same culture didn't exist within this club that it did with your previous club no no it's different so you Mm. you, you also have to learn which is something that you learn at an early age how to like adapt to people or new like environments yeah so you can get like you you have to be uh, able to get molded by the environment that you're in but then to the point that you said earlier still be yourself because mm. otherwise you will get lost within the group and that's that's not a good thing so you learn how to be comfortable within your own skin and like have confident with confidence within yourself but still be a part of the group no matter what the group is and mm. um, so I yeah yeah that's yeah, I, f- I feel like that's a very important, and that's a lesson that I take as well. Exactly what you said there, because there's so many times where, you know, I've, I've kind of like questioned myself around that, like with, you know, being myself but still adapting to the group, and then sometimes you feel like you adapt too much to the group, yeah, and then you lose yourself. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, you can you can see it, at least I think, like going back to to that point, and then uh, looking at it in school, like. When you have school projects or you work in groups in school, mm. I would say from my own experience that the people playing sports uh, had a much easier way, like 
they were better at working in groups. Yeah. No matter who they ended up working with, because the mm. teacher is the one that set, sets up the groups, right? Mm. So you might end up with people that you don't know or that you never hang out with or you don't have anything like in common other than the fact that you're in the same class or now mm. in the mm. same group. But I would say that people doing sports had a, a much like they had an easier way to adapt to the to group integrate and, be, and yeah. know their role whereas the other kids often got lost mm. and just like sat there and ride along basically yeah yeah so i think uh, that goes back to what you learn at an early age playing sports i i, I kind of wish now they said that that they, they did a study on that hey like just see like oh how how many of the kids that that played sport did better in group group works in school whatever like it might that. not even be a fact but that's that's just from like uh, my experience so yeah exactly i can i can imagine that that would be a case Universal, you know yeah, and yeah. that you learned that but i'm also thinking about like our background and how fortunate now like i'm just getting this like you know epiphany now that when we were young we had we literally had all our like so like you said so many different cultures within our teams when we grew up, like you said, like parents coming from all kinds of places in the world and stuff, and you kind of like threw, thrown into this team where you had that, where you had people from Africa, South America, Asia, you know, wherever, and all these different cultures with people doing things in a different way. And then you come together and you just kind of had to find this common ground, especially as kids. Like we didn't have, I guess, the awareness to the extent that we have nowadays. But even back then, I feel like subconsciously we were molded in a way, like you said, with the respect and stuff. Just understanding that just by being around those people, we never saw them as, I guess, strangers or people that are like, you know, dangerous or have like this special thing about them. We kind of like were thrown into this group and we were forced to accept each other and uh, and respect each other, you know. Yeah. And we, we, we find this commonality with the sport but that extends so much further it's actually commonality for life because like doesn't matter the color of your skin or anything we're all equal in one way we're all human beings and you know we deserve to um no matter the the kind of values and backgrounds that we have we should treat each other with a certain degree of respect and acceptance i like the word acceptance because you know there's so many different cultures and stuff that do things in a different way and we have this like I guess it's a bigger political issue, but like these uh, situations of migration and stuff, immigrants coming in and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of like the political stuff is like kind of trying to separate the people and like, oh no, these people are the ones doing bad things. These people are doing this. These people are doing that. But within sport, it's like, it's almost like this, you know, you have this commonality for like, okay, we're a team now. We're going to win games together. Yeah. But it extends further than that because you get to know this person, you get to accept their culture and learn about them and respect them. And that's like that's like a teacher for how it is in society or it could be. Yeah, um, like at the end of the day, I just feel that sports, especially in, in our community that we grew up in where, like you said, we have people coming from all around the world. You learn at an early age that everyone's the same. Like yeah, everyone is yeah. exactly the same. Uh, no matter the like color, religion or ethnic background, the only difference is that people have a different way to do the same thing. Yeah. Like even in religion, like all religions basically say the same thing. Yeah. They just have different messengers and different names for the same thing. Mm. So that's a, that's a thing that you learn at an early age. It takes away prejudice 
and stuff like that and i just think it's all around good yeah yeah wow lessons you can get from sports that's fucking that's that's awesome um another thing i wanted to get into because you said you you kind of like i mean i know you so i i know this but you've you've been definitely been like with your playstyle and stuff in soccer you've been influenced by like a Brazilian sort of way. Yeah. And I'm thinking when you were younger and stuff, you said like, oh, obviously you didn't have a team. So you were out playing a little by yourself, like just you and the ball. And kind of like, I can imagine like working on skills, like juggling and all these different things. Um, and do you think that uh, a lot of that is because your idols and stuff were Brazilian and they played in a certain way? I think it's cause, uh, so I'm born in 94. Mm. So obviously I didn't see the 94 World Cup. 98, I was four years old, so I don't have any memories of, of that one. Yeah. So the earliest World Cup that I can remember is 2002. Mm. And what team won it? Brazil. Oh, right. What players mm. played? Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, Roberto Carlos, like all of these great players. Mm. And so I'm mixed. My mom's from East Africa, my, my dad's from here. So my complexion or my skin color uh, resembles like the players playing for Brazil. Yeah. So, uh, with the World Cup of 2002 being my earliest like memories of of football, and the fact that the player that won, in some fashion, looks like me, mm-hmm. I think that's like a big reason for uh, why I ended up having or looking up to Brazilian players, in in general, because they were the best. I would still say they are, even though they've struggled the last couple of years. And just the way that they play, because I grew up mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm uh, my natural abilities was that I was fast and I was technical and that's how they played. So yeah. I could just see myself in them and like wanted to copy them and be like them. So I, I think that's why. But then like I also had idols and they were not from Brazil, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, obviously. But then that was like. Uh, Henrik Larsson, mm. that's from Sweden, but yeah. he has like similar background to me where he's mixed. Cherry Henry, same thing with him. Like, mm. and yeah. So I, I mean, I think, and that doesn't only go for me. I think that's like a, a general thing mm. where the people you look up to, if if they resemble you in in any way, yeah, then you would only end up idolizing them even more because then you could recognize like you could see yourself in them yeah uh, it has to resonate with you right yeah and like, it, it makes it like e- easier to like think that you could get to the point where they are because mm. they're almost like you in in some ways so yeah yeah man that's that's 100 percent what i think as well like when i look at my idols and stuff especially like when Kaka was blowing up that's what i was gonna say i was like yeah. he's this light-skinned brazilian like yeah. <laughs> like me yeah. attacking midfielder i'm like yeah okay i like this guy yeah. and then you start like you know doing the same celebrations as them and all that i'm just wondering like how much did like internet and stuff influence like your play style and did a you lot. get a lot of like learning from watching youtube videos and- like youtube is that's the yeah. craziest source <laughs> yeah. of like teaching or whatever. Yeah. Like at this point Amazing. in time, it's kind of, it, it's different from when it first started. Mm. But I remember when YouTube came out, like I would be on the computer for like three hours a day, yeah. just watching, uh, watching football videos, yeah. watching like ultimate skills of Ronaldinho or whatever yeah. the video was called. Yeah. And I would so like, good. I would watch it and then watch it again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And then I would like, 
cut it down to a section. Okay, I've never seen this trick before, or this skill, or this goal, and watch just that particular uh, sequence for like 10 times. And then when I thought I had it, I would take my ball, go out and tr like trying to uh, trying to do it. But even earlier than that, like before we had computers in every home or YouTube or whatever, uh, me and my brother, so my brother's uh, three years older than me, we used to record games mm. on Eurosport or whatever channel uh, on our VHR. Is that yeah, name yeah, for it? Yeah, VHR. Yeah, yeah. Like, so you have a cassette. Yeah, VHS, VHR, yeah. Yeah. Uh, VHS, VHR, yeah. I don't know. Video, so, right yeah, <laughs> video. We, used to we used to record the games, mm. and we only recorded the games that had our favorite players in them. Right. So I even think we still have like the cassette tapes back home. So you have like 10 cassettes of Cristiano Ronaldo, because yeah. my brother loved him. And we had like 10 cassette tapes of games where Thierry Henry or Ronaldo or whoever played in. So we would just watch those games over and over again, over and over again. And then, as I said earlier, like after we watched it and thought that we had mastered it, um, or like how to do it, we would go out and actually try to master it in, in, in real life. Yeah. And like apply it to a training session or whatever. Like you would try to do those skills in, in practice later on. And, and the then team, in games. The yeah, and then in yeah. games, obviously. Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. So that was YouTube is. Pfft. When did that start? It was like two thousand six, seven. When we start, like when you started watching. I don't YouTube. know when it actually came out. Yeah, but yeah that it's around that point where yeah. where we started watching it. Right. Like, I would even say two thousand and five, four, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that like you said like the old school YouTube when you had like yeah. ultimate skills of Ronaldinho and it was and like it's crazy like when you watch it now when you watch those because those old videos are still up yeah and you can't watch them because the quality is so, so bad, bad. <laughs> it's like uh, 188 pixels yeah. you're like where's the ball yeah. <laughs> but back then you're like this is amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and you would even watch like it was crazy because they made like videos where it was Ronaldinho versus someone yeah and you'd be like oh no no Ronaldinho is oh, better right. and then the video would like yeah have them compete against each other with, yeah. with skills so yeah that's that's definitely YouTube has definitely been a big influence in in my life and I, I still think it is for for kids growing up today growing up today because I worked in schools a lot and uh, I see the kids playing football like they're on YouTube all the time. Oh, yeah. did you see this skill? Oh, like, mm. yeah. so it, it's yeah. still a thing. Mm. Yeah, it's still a thing. How do you do nowadays when you when you want to learn something new, like want to adapt a new skill? How do you do it? I still do it, but like the YouTube thing. Or yeah, yeah, the YouTube mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. But today, or even just watching live games, today is it's it's a bit different because back in those days, like I would only. Uh, look at certain skills like dribbles or or goals mm. that's where my focus was whereas today you you focus on other things like okay how is for example Thiago Alcantara in in Bayern Munich yeah uh, how is he distributing his passes yeah so it's like you're still looking for skills but it's a different kind of skill yeah, yeah. Uh, something that's like more applicable to a game or at a professional level at a professional like, yeah. level yeah so it's, it's different but i still do it not as much as i used to because obviously being 24 you have different 
like you have other things to do than yeah. just sit at home <laughs> watching YouTube videos. <laughs> but it's it's still like a, I would say a good half an hour of my day. Yeah. Yeah. Even more sometimes. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Well, sometimes you just get wrapped up in it. Hey, like I do that with futsal. I'm like, I I believe that's like it's free learning YouTube you know you can it just is. go on there and you can search for anything in any fucking field you can search for like oh how to make coca-cola or something and it will just pop <laughs> up I thought you were going to say something else <laughs> how to make cocaine <laughs> how to be a well, drug lord yeah, I mean, you could, <laughs> how to be Bob Escobar that's what I'm saying which is also like the issue with it right like with the internet in general it's such a polarity because you can learn anything that's positive and you can learn anything that's negative you can yeah, be like yeah. oh well, how to buy a gun and then it can be in your fucking mailbox in two days yeah. and it's just like okay here we go <laughs> you know <laughs> and then we have kid shootings and shit oh, yeah. no one to get too off topic but <laughs> <laughs> the YouTube thing is that amazing like I've, I've done that too like with everything and I think that's a big part of the learning even just like you don't even have to practice stuff sometimes you can literally just I, I remember like learning futsal rotations and like how to move in futsal and stuff just by watching games and just looking at the pattern over and over again yeah. and then I'll just start running that way on the court and it became a habit for me but it was, it's because I've programmed my mind to seeing that so many times and understanding like Okay, he did this and this for these specific reasons, and then like you know, you start drawing this. Like your mind gets there before your body is 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 in that state, right? Yeah. And it's the same with the with the with the skills. You watch a skill over and over again, just like over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, and you see exactly how it does it. And then you go out try to practice it, and you'll get it quicker because you've seen a professional do it, who's probably practiced it a million times as well. Yeah, I mean you've seen it in slow motion and super slow motion, right? And then you try to. You're just trying to mimic it. Yeah. And I, I even think that I started doing it, uh, not consciously, mm. but because like your coach can only teach you that much. Yeah. So if your coach is trying to teach you how to do a, like, bicicleta, mm. like obviously he's not going to show you how to do it because he can't. Yeah. Yeah. But, so like, YouTube was like an extra coach. Yeah. A coach exactly. that actually showed you how to do it in detail. Yeah. And then your, like your actual coach, would then teach you, in uh, like when to do it or how to apply it into a game. Mm. That's how I see it. How how uh, much do you um, like? Because now you obviously you've played for heaps of teams and clubs and stuff. How much do you value a coach's opinion of how you should play and stuff? Like, have you ever been in a situation where you felt compromised? Kind of like. Um, as like okay this coach is telling me this kind of like trying to hold me back yeah, or yeah. put me in a situation that yeah. like I'm not comfortable in and uh, yeah so how much do you value that, is, that has happened a lot like I've played out of position for several teams or even <clears throat> in the position that I want to play but not in the way that I want to play like so I'm a central midfielder now so I've, I've been in teams where I'm actually playing central midfield but I'm playing as a like the coach wants me to play as a number six, mm. which is more like a holding midfielder. You're more, more. Uh, you should, you should, you're supposed mind. to do more like defensive work, and mm. that's not me. I'm supposed to be like a number ten or number eight, where I have a little mi bit more freedom, and I'm supposed to set up attacks and goals and whatever. Uh, so the coaches like, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so, so how how yeah has, how much do I value how, the coaches yeah, opinion uh, and how, have they ever like try to hold you back by putting you like you said in a different position or telling you like oh 
like I, I don't like you to playing this way you should you yeah, should, yeah. You that, should that, not that take ha- on that happens all the time yeah but then you have to understand the coach to a certain degree where he's trying to do what's best for the team mm-hmm. and at the end of the day you're just one piece of the puzzle yeah so you have to look at the big picture obviously you always want to be whoever you think you're supposed to be like mm-hmm. yeah but then it's it's different once you get into a group it's mm-hmm. and that's the thing that we talked about earlier but i've had i would say i've had two coaches that used me the way that i want to be used and i think that in those teams i i saw my full potential i, I could play to my full like potential and the one one of them is my my first coach which uh, he's been the biggest influence out of everyone like even mm. bigger than all of my idols been and then i'm i'm going to get back to him later yeah. and then one coach that i had in uh, when i was playing for aqua so i i started playing for aqua for the under 17s when i was like 15 or something mm. and then i had him in the under 19s mm. and i remember i came back from injury i had had surgery on my my left arm and uh, i think it was like the first game coming back from that injury and i was going to get subbed into the game and coming to Arco when I was 15, uh, the one thing that every coach prior to him used to nag me about was dribbling. Because mm. in the team that I played for prior, it was like, basically, not to sound like a douchebag, but the tactics was like, okay, when we get the ball, give it to Chris. Mm. And he'd dribble and yeah. like score He'll create stuff. And he'll he'll yeah, create something. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the tactics. Yeah, but then right. coming to Arco, which is like the biggest team in Sweden, mm. uh, you have more tactics and it's like, they're, they're trying to play some kind of tiki taco whatever where you're supposed to have uh, lesser touches and whatever so they used to always, na- always nag me about hey you're dribbling too much or like let mm. the ball go earlier even if i dribble like four players mm. and actually set up a goal mm. afterwards they'll be yeah. like okay it's good that we scored but you could have let the ball go earlier and i'm like mm. wait what we scored mm. what's what's the problem mm. so this guy uh john val is his name uh, he's gonna sub me in for this game. I think it's the first game coming back from injury, as I said. And he puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, okay, Chris, so what are you gonna do when you come in? He was gonna sub me in as a, a left winger in a 4-3-3 system. Um, and I was like, well, I'm gonna pass the ball. Mm. He was like, what? No, when you get the ball, take your man on, dribble. Mm. I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, what has he smoked? Mm. Like, what has he been smoking? Mm. <laughs> what the? What's he saying? Like, yeah. This guy's crazy. He wants me to take off. So I was like, oh, okay. And Chris, if you lose the ball, what are you supposed to do? Work hard and win it back, coach. No. If you lose the ball, when you get it back, dribble again. Mm. And then dribble some more. And, and he was like, always dribble. Mm. I was like, whoa. Mm. He knows, like, what I'm good at. Mm. And uh, I, I just love that part. Because, yeah that made me play more freely because i think especially as a uh, offensive player you're supposed to have a free mind like Mm. you should have tactics in defense obviously Mm. in offense as well but not as much because i think once you get to that last third it's all about being creative creative intuition Mm. using your instincts like it's so much of that like as a winger and a striker and stuff like i feel but i feel like the like being an outdoor coach like for football for soccer um you have 11 players to take care of you know yeah. on the field it's a comp- like it, the dynamic is so hard 
And what it sounds like your coach was doing there, like obviously studying the player and trying to understand his mentality and his strengths of the game. Yeah. Now I feel like you have to have that, but you still have to keep the bigger hole in mind. I think you know? it was like with him saying that, because he knew that I could find like uh, cut through passes or, or like passes that are hard to find. Mm. Um, but if you're telling a player to always like only use two touches or use one touch or mm. like don't dribble as much mm. then you you're only going to seek the easy pass mm. you only you will always try to get rid of the ball just to do like just to please the coach right. but if you have the freedom of doing whatever you want or mm. like the freedom of the coach telling you hey go and dribble mm. you will beat the first man mm. but then like you're not an idiot you're not going to dribble the whole team yeah. so you'll beat the first man and then you will actually look for that mm. pass that it's hard to do yeah. and then that will actually in uh, at the end of the game like that will help the team even more than telling you just to do the easy thing yeah so i i think that might have been one of the things one of the reasons why he told me to play like that i feel like that's that's a big challenge like you said with like even like the, you know looking at the team like oh cool where it's like a like the best team in sweden almost like a big yeah. super big academy that can like attract the best players whenever they want and stuff and then you know you put all of those best players into one team there's a lot of egos exactly there's a yeah. lot of egos there's a lot like it's a very different dynamic like you said from us before and i can imagine your ego must have been like quite inflated coming from like rogsville where you were like okay every time i get the ball i'm like i have a free will basically like yeah. the team's tactic is surrounded around me and there's nothing like wrong with saying that because that's kind of how it was like you you stepped up to the 93 uh, to, to our team which is one year older a lot of times and we would even like exploit your natural abilities like your sp your speed your dribbling and stuff we're like yeah we, we want Chris like let's put him at striker and then you know I can put some through balls in like and I can put him wherever I want because he would just run after him and it would be good like I can imagine that obviously that like it has affected your ego as well and um, and uh, fuck man what was I going to say there's a lot of things here now going on in my mind. But yeah, like with a team like Oikor, you know, like there to put all those different players from different clubs, because not a lot of players go to like the start at the top academy. No. They get attracted like at a certain age yeah. and they get picked up and then they go in there and then they kind of have to unlearn all these, uh, all these things that they've, they've worked on and that they've learned in their previous club. Yeah. And what happens is, I think, is that you know they come in and they say yeah we're gonna play tiki taka now and all these players have been like big players in their own club in their previous club and like they they a lot of their skill and stuff is like individual ability yeah. and like just being like the top dog or like the the, the big the, the superstar in their team and then i feel like they can get into this like fearful mindset where they forget like how good they are because the coaches like trying to take that away from them to some extent to focus on the team thing like like you said when the coach wanted to put you on, you're like, what are you going to do? It's almost like you sound like a robot when you said, I'm going to pass coach. Yeah, you're, you're just giving him the answer that exactly. you want. But I think uh, it boils down to how good did you take in the lesson of being adaptable mm. or knowing your place within the group? Because I remember my first coach, uh, I haven't mentioned his name yet, Robert. Mm. He, he put a lot of value into know how to play every position. So I played as a winger going into uh, a full-size 11v11 game. Mm. But a lot of games I started off as a striker because he was like, okay, um, 
play as a striker for a half, score like two goals, and then you can go back to playing a winger. Mm. Even, uh, but that was more for the team though. But then, so mm. I got to learn how to play a striker. I obviously knew how to play a winger. Some games he put me in the middle of the field. Uh, I had games where I played as a central defender. Mm. I played goalkeeper in mm. like indoor tournaments. So he put a lot of value into no like so, uh, it's almost like as a like Dutch total football where mm. know how to play every position because you never know. And that was that was one thing that he told me. Okay, so here you're a winger because that's what's best for the team at this club. But you might go into another club oh. and they could see your talent being better used as a central defender. And if you've never played that position or are super unfamiliar with it, you're going to have it's going to take you longer to adapt to it. Mm. Um, and I saw like when they recruited me to Arcoa, they recruited me and like three or four other players at the same time. And two of them actually quit. One quit in preseason and the other one quit like three or four games into the season. And I think that was because they got lost within the group. Uh, within the group. And they struggled adapting. They came in with this mindset that I'm the star because obviously they were mm. in the teams that they played in before. Yeah. But then they had probably not been as good as being, for example, I knew that you have to be able to be uh, molded by the coach or the group that you're in. Right. And they probably didn't because yeah. they were always like uh, pampered with or like they were always the star. Mm. And they didn't know uh, that at some times or like at one point you won't be. Yeah. So you need to know how to find yourself within the group. And they got lost. Cause, and I think a big part of me knowing how to do that was uh, obviously going up and play with you guys. That's when you're older. Mm. Uh, and again, like I played with uh, even the, the kids that are born in 92. So th that's mm. two years older. And when I played with them, it's like a lot of times I played as a, only as a striker. Mm. And it's not like I'm going to go up. I wasn't cocky within my team, mm. playing with my team or for your team. Uh, but the, like them playing with them, mm. it made you smaller just because like these guys are two year older than me. Mm. You look up to some of them, like you don't speak your mind as much. And then I think when I was like 12 or 13, I started practicing with the first team, like the senior team. Mm. So then you're 12, 12 or like 13 and you're practicing with guys that are like even 10 years your, your age. Yeah. So you know how to find yourself within the group. Uh, and just me being put in those different like positions, uh, I think that helped a lot with me then switching clubs and, and going into a bigger, um, yeah, a bigger club or a bigger organization. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like we, with all you're saying and what we've gone into and stuff and what I know about you, that you would have encountered like a lot of mental challenges yeah. in your career type of thing. And I'm just wondering, like, how do you usually deal with that? Like with the mental uh, challenges that come within being just like on the journey that you're on, like trying to be uh, a professional footballer, like at a high level, you know, like, do you ever feel like, you know, anxious or like, you know, like I'm not really there where I'm supposed to be yet. And like, obviously we all do at times, I think, but how do you usually encounter that? And how do you kind of get over it being, being overwhelmed and stuff with where you're at or any challenge with injuries and stuff like that? Yeah, so I haven't really reflected on that to, to the degree that I like want to, mm -hmm. or I haven't like gained the insight of, 
all of the lessons that I need to learn at this point. But yeah. when I encounter like uh, some kind of difficulty, it could be an injury, it could be a setback in whatever way. Like it could be that you're you're on a tryout, for example, and you you don't get signed. Like it could be whatever situation. I just trying to look at it as this is just another chapter in the book that will have a great ending. Yeah. Uh, Cause I fuck yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a believer in God. You don't need to be, but mm. I think that everything happens for a reason. And uh, I mean, I'll never give up. Mm. I'm gonna keep going at this until I'm like 50 and can't walk. Mm. If 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 that's how long it's gonna take for for me to get to the point where I'm satisfied where with the how my journey ended up, then then that's that's what I need to do. Mm. And I just think that every Every obstacle, whatever that you end end up encountering, is just another way to, like you you're only gonna get better from it. Yeah, it's yeah. part of it, right? Because if you have an easy ride, what did you learn? Yeah, nothing. Exactly. If you encounter tons of obstacles all the time and you get over one hurdle and the other, mm. and then you you'll just get stronger along the way. It's mm. like a cliche: what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm. But it's so true, because uh, it it builds you mentally. And physically, obviously, because you have to put more work into it to get past that her little girl or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I just trying to look at it as this is just another thing to get past. Yeah, yeah. To get to that angle, to get to paradise or whatever. Yeah, very stoic mindset. It's like you know the the obstacle is is not in the way; it's on the way. Yeah. Like just having that mindset that you know all those things that are coming at you kind of like. You know they're they're there for a reason and understanding that I'm I'm like you like I believe in the universe or like spirituality and God whatever you want to call it um, that you know like I I sometimes I have to just understand that I have to surrender to the fact that I'm in the situation that I'm in for a reason yeah and just like not trying to let my mind get too caught up in finding a logic and stuff within that and getting the answer so quickly sometimes you just have to surrender and let it happen and kind of like okay after a while because sometimes it's so easy to be um to you know complain and to see the like the negative sides of it but then in hindsight you're super grateful yeah like with injuries and stuff for example like usually i've just learned like this new way of rehabbing and this new way of training from an injury and then like at the time when i'm doing it i hate it but then if i encounter a similar thing in the future you know i'm like to do it. i know how to do it and yeah. i get back faster and like even for the mind it's like my mind is already in a in a state where it's like man you've already been injured like you're going to get through this yeah, in fucking yeah. weeks now not months and it's going to be super easy you know it's going to be better for you um so just things like that as well like there's so much but i kind of want to get into like um like a day in your life now type yeah. of thing like what what do you do on a daily basis yeah. from like but eating before, before. Yeah. and all that but yeah just say before we get into that i was gonna <laughs> yeah. say one thing but you just kept going <laughs> yeah. no but we have to share the mics man to, to get back to uh the point you were making about or like that to, to answer the question mm. uh what do you do when you encounter difficulties mm. and I, I just always remember what my first coach i'm gonna get back to him a lot robert yeah uh he told me once he was like i'm not gonna get into why he told me but yeah he told me so you could you could take the easy way, uh, or you can take the hard way or the long way rather, and by taking the hard way, the reward is gonna be so much bigger. Mm. So that's just how I see it. So when I encounter like an injury or a setback, 
I just look at it as okay I, I already know I'm on the long and hard way mm. so this is just another thing leading me to that greater reward mm. so yeah a day in the life <laughs> yeah, that's sick man I love that yeah well it depends on what type of year it is mm. so let's take a day in like during, uh, during let's, let's go let's yeah let's do a different day let's let's go like okay like pre-season okay you, pre-season you, yeah what, what, what kind of happens then and then we can transit into are we training with the mid-season? team or it's just like you're, yeah. you're actually off off like you don't have no practice with the team yeah exactly let's go that there first what do you kind of do like personally do you have any other interests and stuff um or like what do you like to do like food wise cooking and uh, training like by yourself and then kind of like pre-season with the team yeah, and then yeah. we go like mid-season okay uh, what's so your mindset i would say so at this point of the year uh, we don't have any practices hmm. so i would say a normal day uh, i will wake up i don't set the alarm like i mm. wake up when i wake up so it, it might be eight it might be nine i don't know uh, i wake up and grab a bit of breakfast which is usually something not too heavy like maybe a banana and a couple of oranges and a lot of water and then i will do some stretching and some prehab which is like rehabilitation when you're not injured mm. so i do a lot of those things for for my hamstrings because um, i've had problems with them before um then I would usually go, let's say, do some intervals, like go running mm. in, in hills. Uh, so I would do that, come back home and do a ab and core workout. Then I would have lunch, rest for like a couple of hours. Then if I don't go out and play like football with friends or pick up games or whatever, I would just do a f- like full body workout mm. with weights. At the gym, at the gym or even at home, because I, I got a lot of stuff at home. What do you have at home? What do you like to use? Uh, kettlebells, dumbbells, uh, like resistant ropes, and yeah, those kinds of things. Oh, do you have resistance ropes and like yeah, bands? bands, like, bands. Oh, bands. Yeah, 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 resistant. Um, bands. Yeah. Oh man, awesome! What um, do you like to do with the kettlebells? I get it. Every, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know like the, the words for the exercises in English, but everything. But I mostly use them like for upper body workouts. Mm. Yeah sick and or even if even if i don't do the uh, intervals like climbing the hills and mm. uh, i might do like a some kind of it's, it's training for being explosive so mm. um you have hurdles and different kinds of things that you jump over and yeah it's it's hard to explain in words but yeah Fuck, we we gonna get more into this because yeah. um like not like, like just like in we we gonna train together. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> but then like during the season, we can during the season we have one practice a day basically with the mm. team, and um, this past year I've been working almost full time, so mm. it's hard to get a morning session in. Uh, like three or four days a week, I wake up extra early before I go to work and do some yoga. Mm. Sick. Um, yeah. then you go to work work for like eight hours uh, I usually get to the arena one and a half hours before practice mm. uh, so I always I this is basically every day I always go to the, to the gym we have a gym at the stadium mm. that we practice at so I go to the gym prior to practicing with the team and normally it's I do prehab obviously and um, uh, I always like every day I do core work Mm. or something for the apps yeah 
and then I would also depending on the day like I do a little bit of chest or shoulders or like back or whatever but not too much lifting in in season because you want to have energy to play the full game at the end of the week but every day even like the day before before a game I do some kind of ab work like 30 minutes or whatever mm. yeah Wow. So that's that's during the season. That's during the season. And but then it sounds to me like you're still doing kind of like almost two sessions ish. It, it is two sessions because I do one. But the yoga. It's like a one. Yeah, yeah. But even the days that I don't do the yoga, it's like a one hour, one hour in the gym. Even if it's not super heavy. Yeah. It's still one hour in the gym before practice. Would that be a lot of like prehab then as well, kind of thing? The prehab part is only like ten, uh, ten minutes maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ten to fifteen minutes, and then it's forty-five ish of just abs and core yeah and maybe um, a little bit of upper body and stuff you mix yeah, it up. yeah yeah i mix it up yeah but it's always ab and core because i don't know why it's just a thing that i do mm-hmm. and then after practice i usually sit in the sauna for at least 15 minutes you have a sauna at the we have, f- we have facility yeah yeah uh, i might i might it's not too often but some days i even do like ice bath yeah, but that's normally like the day after a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been mixing in just ice baths to, now, like after practice. Yeah, just to recover quicker. It's so good, hey! Like I feel a difference for sure. Yeah, just yeah. like five six minutes after training. Yeah, especially like futsal and stuff, or like football. You know, where you like put a lot of pressure on the joints and stuff as well. A lot of impact. It just yeah, I recover a lot quicker from doing that for sure. Um, so that's like during the season. Yeah. Um. But what what about like team preseason? Do you train twice then, or with the team, or is mm, it? It depends. How do you usually prepare here? It depends on what team. So this team I was yeah. in this last year, and that I still have a contract with for another year. We did. Let me think. It was mostly one practice a day. Yeah. If it was two, it was like you have football, uh, f- like a normal football training or practice. And then afterwards, you go straight into the gym for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Mm. So that was the normal like setup. What What do you feel are the like, sorry, but what do you feel are like the biggest benefit you get, you go from yoga and stuff? Just to be more flexible. Yeah. And I, I feel that your muscles feel like more fresh. Yeah. Um. not as tight, obviously, because mm. it's like a lot of stretching. movements is stretching yeah. and stuff like that. But even, uh, I mean, also it's like you clear your mind in a way. Yeah. Because the first thing you do when you wake up, you do something to like get yourself going. Mm. Uh, but as far as for the body, I just feel that it, it makes you a little bit more, If it makes you feel fresher mm. basically. And I got that from one of my roommates who's from Japan and right. uh, he did it every morning. Like I would wake up and I see him in the living room doing something. And I was like, wow, I, okay, I'm gonna try it. Yeah. And I tried it and then, I mean, I just kept going. He's a footballer as well? Yeah, he plays for my team. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's mm. fantastic. And what, what about food then and stuff? Do you do you have any like, do you just eat whatever you want or do you kind of like think about what you're eating and stuff? I'm not really thinking of, thinking about what I'm eating. Mm. I'm just, I mean, I love sweets. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, oh, I love Sweden. I'm gonna be honest. Like, there's always. Well, you are from Sweden, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. there's always like cookies or something yeah. uh, where I live. But uh, <laughs> as far as cooking, a lot of rice, mm. uh, a lot of chicken, 
because mm. uh, it's a great like source of protein mm. but also it's cheap yeah which is something that you look for when you're living on your own yeah and <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah what would a normal dinner be for me so it would it would rather be i don't eat a lot of potatoes i i ate a lot of pasta but i don't know i've, I've cut down on that i don't know why Mm. might be that I'm tired of it so it's mostly rice or sweet potatoes mm. uh, and then some kind of chicken whether it's just uh, I do like a chicken curry mm. my chicken curry is crazy I mean yeah. it's badass <laughs> that's bad <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a lot of curry but yeah okay so you have seven days a week so out of those seven it's like four or five days of chicken <laughs> and then the other days it's like I do like a vegan stew. Mm, nice. Yeah. It's good to mix it up, not have meat every or day. Or fish. Or fish. Yeah. I'm also big into... Uh, I, I'm crazy about fish. Yeah. But it's... Salmon? Uh, no, not really. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the English word for it, but it's like, yeah. Not yeah. salmon. Yeah, <laughs> the, the other one. Trout. So it's either chicken, fish, or vegan but so yeah you don't not a stay, lot of pork you don't stay away from anything but do you have you ever like analyzed yourself and like felt bloated from something pasta like, pasta that yeah. that that might be the thing but hey. i think like the thing about pasta for me is i eat it and you feel super stuffed mm. but then within a couple of hours you're super hungry instead yeah yeah whereas, it doesn't have a lot of fiber and stuff yeah whereas you have a you like take away the pasta and eat rice instead Mm. And you you feel better, not as full, mm. and you feel uh, satisfied for a longer time. Like you don't get hungry. Yeah. Uh, Pasta's got a lot of gluten in it, so that could be a thing. That yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's it's hard because I I I'm interested in those things, so that's why I'm asking all these questions. I haven't analyzed it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm eating what tastes good. So yeah. So I got a lot of like coconut milk in whatever I cook, and man, stuff that's like awesome. That. Uh, I love yeah. coconut milk. Asian. Yeah. So in your curries, yeah, do you nice. use coconut milk? Yeah, That's of course. Yeah. Coconut milk. In my curries, I have... I'm not going to give you my recipe because that's <laughs> super stuff. But yeah, coconut milk, obviously like mango curry, uh, spinach, oh, yeah. uh, onions, chili. Like, yeah, I have, I have everything in it. He just gave away uh, the recipe, guys. Uh, no, that's, that's only half there of it. it. That's only half of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm interesting. How do you... Before a game, how do you want to feel like before a game? Exactly, how do you want to feel in your body, in your mind? That's a good question. Uh, so I actually wanna, I wanna eat like maybe four hours prior to we actually play. Uh, so when the game starts, I'm um, I'm not starving, but I'm a little bit hungry. Mm. I don't know why, mm. but uh, that's like, like to be hungry on the court. Yeah, I think it's a <laughs> mental thing, but yeah. I want to be a little bit hungry um, so like uh, normally when the game's finished I'm dying for something mm. so I just have whatever because I'm so hungry mm. but when the game starts you can feel a mm. little bit of that yeah you're a little bit hunger hungry. sensation or yeah, yeah yeah that's interesting because I, I think I have the same thing like four hours prior to game I like to have like kind of a big meal yeah. like uh mixed i don't i don't really think about like the ratio of carbs and stuff like that i have obviously futsal and football are different but um yeah just kind of like 
I have something so where I'm playing I don't feel like I have any food in me like nothing in me yeah I kind of want to feel light I want to feel like okay I'm, I'm I, like I'm just ready to go now and like you said like kind of a little bit of hunger like I could eat now for sure but then I just want to play the game because then when once you're into the game don't really think about what you're gonna eat no, and no. stuff uh, but then after yeah you can just like fuck now I can eat something you know like you're super hungry um, but yeah what, what else we have to get into I feel as if uh, we've kind of missed a little bit of like the part where you went from AIK or what happened after that. That's like your teenage years, right? Yeah. Where you yeah. played in the like the biggest academy into yeah. where you moved. You you got loaned out to a few clubs. Yeah. And then you've been to LA for trial yeah. with Galaxy and stuff. I'd love to hear more about those experiences. Yeah. So I got recruited to AIK when I was, let's say, fifteen. I think I was fifteen. Um, play there until I was 18 maybe so I, I think I mentioned it before I played there for the under 17s and the under 19s and um, I'm not gonna get into do too much details about those years because like they were great for the most part but then I, I got injured Um, I had two surgeries on my right knee and I was out for all in all it was like nine months like wow. I missed the whole season Mm -hmm. um, coming back from that I had two options um, one was stay with the under 19s for another year because I missed the whole season playing for them because of the knee injury or get loaned out uh, so I choose the second option to get loaned out and I end up at a club I'm not going to mention any names but <laughs> I end up uh, at a club that's playing division 2 or that's what we call it here but it's actually the fourth tier so that's like league 2 in England Right. Yeah. Whereas you have Alsvenskan is the top league, Super Etan, Division 1, Division 2. So it's the fourth tier. Mm. Uh, I ended up playing there, which is still professional. And uh, it started off as a fucking great experience. Yeah. I'm playing every minute, mm. I'm banging in goals left and right, and handing away assists like Christmas gifts. Like, I'm. It's a it's a great comeback from mm. that injury, mm. and I'm playing with a lot of guys that are super good players. But then we have two guys that are actually twins, Alex and Janik, and born in '88. And I would say those are the two best players that I play with, because mm. they uh, they resembled me in like every way. Like when I looked at them, I know, like I saw myself. Mm. When I had the ball, I know where they were going to be. I didn't need to look up because I know, okay, he's making the run that way because that's how I would mm. think. Like, mm -hmm. So we played we played very similar to one another and that helped. Like our The connection that the three of us had was crazy. Uh, if one guy scored, then it was one of the other guys who made the assist. Um, so we just ripped it up, ripped every opposition apart in preseason. And then... I had I had a minor setback like three weeks prior to first game of the of the regular season where I, I pulled a hamstring and, and I was out for a couple of weeks um, should I get into detail on what happened mm, yeah you just a little bit yeah yeah so I, I pulled my hamstring uh, I was out for a couple of weeks doing rehab mm -hmm. and then when I felt 100% and when the doctor like declared me able to play a full 90 again, my coach would still sit me out. Yeah. 
and I didn't understand why like he was holding me back what was the thing that I felt but he always told me hey don't rush it the season is long blah 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 you'll play next week and then next week comes around and it's the same same thing again eventually I confronted him and I was like okay so what's the problem uh, you see in practice that I'm good to go so put me in like I'm ready to give it all I'm ready to contrib- uh, contribute and he basically told me like okay you've never had a setback in your whole career so I'm gonna learn uh, like teach you a lesson and have you be on the bench the whole season and I was like wait what mm-hmm. I just came back from this injury which was only like a couple of weeks but prior to that I was out for a whole year mm-hmm. and so I know about like hard times and setbacks so what you're saying is basically bullshit mm-hmm. uh, so I wanted to like rip my contract apart and go back to Oyakua but then the president of the club that I was loaned out to was like hell no you're staying here we need you you're a valuable part of this team and this group and you're gonna play every minute and then the coach was like no he's not gonna play this is my take on things and I ended up sitting out the whole year I didn't train with them even like I just at the end of the day I told them like okay fuck it president is saying one thing coach is saying one thing you can't get along and I'm in the middle of it and I can't go back because 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 of, of all, all of this so I sat that year out and when the loan deal was over like it's not like I was going to take me back I missed one year because of injury and now you miss another year because of problems with the organization mm-hmm. that you're in or whatever so after that I ended up not playing for like in a team for maybe like two or three years because wow. of I had other injuries after that like I had problems with my groins or even I was at tryouts with teams and also playing in division two or division one and at that point in my career I wasn't mature enough to uh, take it day by day or see where I was I, I, I still thought that I was the guy mm. that I've been my whole life um, so I would like go to tryouts with division 2 clubs and some teams would offer me a contract and I would be like uh, this is this is not enough money mm. or I'm too good for this I need to play somewhere else mm. uh, yeah and that 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 was like three years of my life where I was just in limbo basically uh, I didn't know what to do I was kind of lost I still practiced like almost fucking three days uh, 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 three times a day even wow. and then I don't know when it was but I just came back to life and was like shit what have I been doing I've been wasting my my time like mm. you see players that you play with and under 17 or under 19 playing in the top league in Sweden or even going playing abroad we had one guy who started playing he got sold to to Palermo with and they were playing in Serie A which is a top league in, in Italy at that time uh, and you just look at yourself and you're like I know I'm better than this guy mm. but I'm not even playing and I haven't done so for three years yeah, so what am I what am I doing no. I need to start over mm. um, so yeah I started over and, and now I'm at this team that plays division one and I've had a lot of interesting journeys along the way like you said I was in uh, LA last year and uh, <clears throat> they invited me for 
for a week's tryout. We trained with like Ashley Cole, mm. who has won the Champions League, the Premier League, yeah. has played in the World Cup. The Dos Santos brothers weren't there because they were playing the Confederations Cup. And this was prior to Zlatan Ibrahimovic signing for them. But I mean, yeah. it's a great organization. Was Gerard there? No, he had just left. Just left there. He had just left. So, I mean, that was a crazy experience. Like to put yourself in a situation where you're competing against these guys in practice for a week mm. and you could actually see yourself uh, being a part of that team. Mm. And in a lot of practices, and this is like obviously my take, but also what the coaches told me, there were a lot of sessions where I dominated. Mm. So I'm at that level, which is, I wouldn't say top, like the, uh, the the highest level in the world, but it's still like a fucking decent league. You yeah, have it's great, you have great players playing there yeah. and you're dominating uh, some sessions, not not yeah. all of them. Yeah, yeah. But you're like, you, you wouldn't, if you would have looked at the practices, you couldn't tell that, okay, so that guy is not playing here. Like he's mm. not a professional at this level. Mm. He doesn't have a contract at this level. Right. You wouldn't be able to tell that. Mm. Uh, so going from there, like, obviously not getting a contract for different reasons than soccer or football like other reasons than what i like how good i am yeah it's right. when you get to that level it's more politics or whatever i'm not going to get into that it can be like who you know and stuff as well right i guess and in the us it's also like every team has a certain amount of international roster spots right so you can only have that many players that are not from the US, Canada or, or Mexico even I think. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So they're not gonna waste it on someone yeah. that's unknown. Yeah. Like they they, they would rather get Slatan. Yeah. Uh, so coming back from that, signing for Division One team was again, if if that would have been like three or four years earlier, I would probably not have signed for the team that I'm with now. Because mm. I would have thought that Hey, why am I gonna sign here? Yeah. I was just like the other day I pulled a nutmeg on Ashley Cole or like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm better than this. But at this, yeah, at this point in my life, you know that things can go fast and you can play division one one day and then the next day you can be who knows? Like you could be wherever. Like now, you played division one day and you were just in Albuquerque for yeah, the try out. Yeah. Try out there. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah. It went well. So yeah we'll see yeah should we should we call it at that or do we have more questions and stuff i feel like uh, no. it's a, it's quite a like weird ending to it but uh, <laughs> but still like it's uh we've been talking for one hour and 18 minutes now we got shit to do um outside of this but man a lot of good insights yeah yeah i feel we're going into this is actually our second our record. second take yeah. our second, second take, take of this because someone lost the podcast, uh, aka myself, so very upset with that. But we, I, it's, I, f- I feel like this one is a little bit like it, it's more of an interview, like more yeah, condensed, yeah. more. Before it was kind of like we did another recording like a week ago or whatever, and we had Christopher on. Uh, we're gonna release it on Tuesday, but um, couldn't find the podcast when I looked for my laptop. So he came back from Albuquerque. You just to do this. You just to do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> no, but anyway, so this one was more like of an interview format and we got into some more things. But it's also the polarity because I feel like last time your story mode was like really good and you, you told your stories and stuff in a little bit more detail. Yeah, it was way. more detailed. Yeah. yeah. 
But we'll probably do a part two and get into that again. Fuck it, this has been awesome. Yeah. Anything else? No, I gotta go to the gym. Gotta go to the gym. Gotta go work out. Gotta go work out. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do anyways. Fuck yeah, I'm pumped to do that. And we'll catch you all on the next one.